along with the silent assassin Matt Costa and also psychic medium Stephanie Burke is with us again for the first time in a while. It's been forever. It's been like four months. It has, is it? I don't no, know, Matt, three months. Matt was keeping track. Was he? I'm sorry. I think it was three, something like that. I think the last time Maybe. I was here was April. You're a busy gal. I have been. Yeah. I have been. But I'm back and I missed you guys. I haven't had any Swedish fish since... You, left. <gasps> you should tell you me left. I would have brought you some. Honestly, there's probably some in my car, to be honest. So I, I already started off on a great note, by the way. I left the theme song playing as I pushed back the network over into the Red Sox game. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So all the uh, people that are listening to the Red Sox right now on WBSM know that they can tune in to YouTube to watch Spooky South Coast live it's, in the studio here. It's really just a signal to switch over. They, so they told us this week... Which is more important. They're Come gonna, on. They're going to teach us how to uh, feed this over the app, the WBSM app, uh, over the fine, high-quality, award-winning WBSM app that everybody out there should download. Because not only do you get Spooky South Coast over it, but you will get all the fine programming here at WBSM. See, I'm the... I'm the DME now, so I have to... Fancy pants. I have to push the app downloads. Yes. Because we, we're, we're, you know, we have a goal, a right. target goal of how many downloads to get. So everybody out there that's listening, download the free WBSM app. It's actually a very small app. doesn't take up a lot of space. Mm-hmm. Works out great. If you're local, it gives you all of our great WBSM stories, our opinion blogs, all the news coverage. It also gives you access to, uh, if you're, you know, if you're not a sports fan... And you don't want to hear the Red Sox when they were on the radio? Well, you can use the app to hear the regular programming that would be on WBSM, whether that be Barry Richard during a day game or uh, Howie Carr and Michael Savage during a night game. So it's definitely worth the price of downloading, which is free. But uh, So, yeah, we'll be able to put Spooky South Coast over the WBSM app as well, which, cool. granted, if you're not, you know, if you're not into the Red Sox and you want to hear the show... Of course, you can always catch us here on YouTube, but it doesn't hurt to have just another way for people to experience the show. So they're going to show me how to do that probably this week. There's like a command we have to put it. We have to like fire off a command over here in the computer, and that will turn off all the stuff from going over the app, and then it'll be just us. So, And it is just us tonight because I thought that we had a guest booked for it tonight. Turns out he thought he was coming on next week. And it turns out it doesn't matter anyway because he had to cancel. That's all right. We'll make the best of it. Right. And, again, you know, there's some guests that come at us and say, I'd love to be on the show. I can't do a Saturday night. Mm -hmm. I can't be live on the air with you on a Saturday night. And sometimes I say, okay, you know, we can pre-record. But I think that the way the show is going now with how much want to 
record a, a, a 50 minute interview right. and just have us sit here in the studio and either run video of us just sitting here or not have any video at all uh, if that's the case so i think we're gonna have to uh we're gonna have to pass on the recording no. i mean unless it's like a really big guest there's uh there's multiple weekends in a year i'm sure they have one of them free like for example mark summers from Double Dare, the host yep. of Double Dare, is considering coming on the show, and you tell me the story behind that. I, I just happened to see that Double Dare was coming back, right. and so I was like, "Mark Summers, will you come on the show?" And he said, uh, "Okay, you just got to clear it with Nick Press, and I haven't heard back from them yet, mm-hmm. uh, but um, waiting for their clearance. But I, I, you know, I've been in contact with him directly, yeah. so hopefully he'll he'll just say, okay, well, if it's going to take that long, because there's not that many." Weeks left, I'm sure, of the new show. So uh, I just reached out because part of Spooky South Coast is we just want to talk about stuff that we think is cool. Right. And we can do that. So That's really funny. So uh, hopefully he can join us at some point. But I did get a, a chance to catch the new show. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to blast the new program. But I just I feel like it's not the same without Mark Summers as the host. He's the announcer. So he's there and he's involved in the show and he's on camera mm-hmm. and... He's very much a part of it, but it's just not the same having somebody else ask the questions. And it just seems like the question part where they ask the kids the questions, that that seems to drag a little bit. So they need his ability to add energy into those questions. But I'm sure they'll find a way. that's because we were spoiled with him. The other problem, too, is like these kids that are on the show mm-hmm. have no idea how how the show works. Like, they should have at least shown them. I can understand the first episode, yeah. but you should at least, like, have those kids. Because people don't realize this. When you when you film a game show, they don't film one show in one day. Right. They film multiple shows in a row. And right. so these kids are there watching how the show works. So they should have a better idea when they get out there of how to play the game. But I can understand, you know, they're kids. They're 10, 12, 11, 13. I don't know how old they all are. Well, it's but a different generation from the first round of Double Dare. It, true. But, I mean... You should at least understand, like, to take the flag when you're in the obstacle course. Like, they have to remind them to grab the flag. Hmm. And I, I just remember, like, they kind of, sorry, I turned you down there. Sorry. Somebody they, was sniffling. I wasn't sure if it was you. Uh, they kind of did, did that in the original, didn't they? Well, yeah, they, they would always they have would to tell, like, oh, you forgot the flag, you right. forgot the flag. Especially but that's the like, note when they're reaching up in their nose. And- yeah, but that was, like, in the moment of, like, trying to get to the next, trying to get to that next... uh obstacle but the problem with this one is these kids like they don't even realize they're supposed to like grab the flag and pass it on and so in the original they always had that rule of you had to like take the flag from the other person and like stuff it down your shirt or something mm-hmm. now I like that. now they tell them like when they get the flag just drop it just drop it like which which annoys me because i'm like you should really have to have all the flags at the end in order to have the prizes like that should be a requirement God, I remember, you know, years of them getting slimed and stuff and trying to shove the flag anywhere they could in order yeah. to hold on to it. Like, that's the thing. Like, you should have to have the flag mm-hmm. to claim the prize. It shouldn't just be, oh, you grabbed it and then you dropped it on the floor. And, you know, I don't know. That's right. Somebody in the um, chat room just said, go down the giant nose when the... They do. They have... Do they, they still have it? They brought back the uh, the picket where you have to, like, yep. put your hand up inside the nose, except now it blasts, like, snot on you. Ew. Uh, they bl- brought back the, uh, through the ringer. Uh, they brought back uh, down the hatch, only instead of, like, 
the originals down the hatch was like you just opened up the mouth and then you just jumped, mm-hmm. jumped, slid down. Now they've added some stuff into the middle. They've like made it a little bit longer. Um, there's still some other classics that I'd like to see come back. I was say, wasn't there one where you like step uh, step on the thing to get the soda? I think so. You, you get like it's yeah, kind of like, like a you Coca-Cola. stepped on it. Yeah, it's kind of like Coca Cola, but I don't remember that one. No, you was, don't. I remember one where there was like you had to like fill the soda bottle. No, I think you had to step on it, and like the things would come out above you, and then you had to wait for the flag to come. Maybe out. that was super sloppy double dare. Oh, maybe I didn't really watch all those, uh, but they didn't bring back the Sunday slide, which the Sunday slide was a classic. They don't have icy trike. They do have blue plate special. We have to dig through the giant food. Uh, there's, that's, there's, that's a good one. There's yep, a few. There's a few that are pretty decent, but uh, some of them just aren't the same. So I, I, I'll have to to look at the new one. But the problem is I've watched like two two of the I think there's three episodes on on demand. I've watched two of them mm-hmm. and the kids didn't even make it past like the fifth or sixth obstacle. Like they're just terrible. I'm like you kids are the worst. If I was if they I was Mark have an Summers. Adult version. If I was Mark Summers, well they used to have family double there. I know that, but I think we should just call Mark Summers right now and tell him that we have to do this. I, I we think, won't get it done. I think he would be behind it and he, what's what's great about it is like he's you know, now that you, now that we've had all these years of Mark Summers, we can appreciate him even more mm-hmm. uh, as being involved. And like, you can kind of tell, like, as he's watching this, he's like, "This is this is all right, but mine was better." It was mine wild. Was His was wild for sure. And and I just I like the fact that uh, you know he, I like the way he interacted with the kids better. I, th- I guess the new host is a YouTube star or something. I don't know. Was it like Miranda something or other? It's uh, I, don't wanna, I think it's Liz something. Yeah, she plays. Uh, like a YouTube character called Miranda, I think. But uh, she's odd. Not uh, Miranda sings. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. She had a show on Netflix. I think doesn't really have the. Um, I, know. I know she was big on YouTube. Doesn't really have the presence that a host should have. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a game show host needs to be a game show host. All those old school Nick shows were good though, like Global Guts and Legends of the Hidden Temple. And see, one of the things that lost me on a lot of those shows is they had people on the show that weren't good hosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had people that were just like mediocre right. talent that didn't really carry the show. If you remember, um, although wasn't uh, Nick Arcade, wasn't that Michael Malley that was the host of that show? Um, I'm know, not sure. You I, know Michael I was, Malley. I always get Nick Arcade confused with didn't, the, the, didn't other, the other one. I don't know. Did he do the gut show? I know. I know he did Nick Arcade. I'm pretty sure he did that one. Or maybe he didn't. Maybe it was guts. I think it was. But he ended up, you know, going on to bigger and better things. I don't know why. Why is my finger on the dump button? I don't know. What are you waiting for? I don't. I don't know. But uh, we did have a caller on the line. Uh, I apologize. If you want to call back, we can get to you. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty is the number to call in. Oh, that's why I couldn't get the phone window to show up. Uh, so this will <laughs> alert me now when we have a call if I'm not looking. And uh, we can uh, see those of you who grew up in the Boston area and are around my age, you may remember the show Ready to Go, which was a kid show that was on Channel 7 in the morning. And uh, if anybody out there has any Ready to Go video archives, there's one from uh, June of 89 Probably the last week, so somewhere in like the June twentieth week of nineteen eighty nine, where there's a kid making his television debut, who uh, 
goes to make a wave machine and spills vegetable oil all over the counter and makes a fool of himself on, on regional television. If anybody has that video, let me know. Because I, I think I know that kid. You think you know that kid? I think I know that kid. He had, uh, I think he had long hair. Might have had a bowl cut in those days. I, I was remember. one. I was, uh, I was old enough to be on TV. Let's just you put were. it that way. That's funny. I did, um, I did PBS when I was which, that little. Which show? Arthur. I don't, I don't ever watched it. You, you know, did you know who Arthur the I know who he is. is. Okay. Yeah. Mostly from the memes. Yeah, well, yeah, I was on the Arthur show. There's um, what was the uh, what was the show that uh, all the kids were on around here, Matt? The cable access show with uh, Mr. Tickham was the uh, host. Knowledge Bowl, was oh, that yeah. it, or yep. something? Yep. Like, yeah, something like that. That was. I, I thought you were talking about the uh, the his woodworking show. No, <laughs> Wild Bill's woodworking. Yep. yep. No, no. <laughs> he was, was great on that, that show. That was a classic. That was really good. Uh, you were doing really well for yourself on local cable access if you could watch Wild Bill's Woodworking followed by an episode of Drawing with Dave. Right. Like, if those were, like, the two best shows on cable access for and then, us. And uh, TV trivia on, what, Monday nights? Uh, Well, Thursday nights. Thursdays. It was on Thursdays or in my era. I don't know if it was on a different night. But I remember us being on Thursday nights because I remember... My co-host, Mike Short, had to watch Friends every Thursday night at 8 o'clock. So even if TV trivia wasn't over, mm-hmm. we had a monitor in the, in the studio so we could see ourselves on the screen. I, I used I used to host a cable access kids game show. That's awesome. Um, so if TV trivia wasn't over but Friends was starting, Mike would change the monitor in the studio to Friends. And he would just like tune out of the rest of the show. So I would basically have to like close up the show while he is watching Friends with the volume up. Hmm. And I'm just like, uh, you know, finishing up with our last caller and trying to give away the prize and saying goodbye to everybody. And he's over there laughing at whatever the opening joke is of Friends. Okay, so, then. Yeah. Sounds fun. It was, uh, it, was a wild, it was a wild show. You never knew where it would go. <laughs> right. But kind of like someone this would always go home with... Uh, the best prize ever. What, 10 pounds of meat? Two, like two pounds two of pounds meat. Two pounds of meat. Oh. That was the prize every kid wanted to win. Two pounds of meat from the Marion General Store. And uh, I remember the time that before I was on the show, when I won the two pounds of meat, I asked my dad <laughs> if he would make me a two-pound taco. He told me no. A two-pound victory taco. Yeah. I was like, I want you to take all that meat and make a two-pound taco. He's like, there's no taco shell that will hold two pounds of meat. No. That would just be ridiculous. It would. Then I asked him to make a, t- a two-pound burger. He said no. So... Anyway, there are there's there's some video out there somewhere of of me hosting TV trivia. So if I can find those videos, I'll put them up on YouTube, but I don't know. I don't have any of the tapes anymore. Christian might have some tapes. But uh yeah, he's, I feel like he saves everything. There's uh there's definitely some around somewhere. And then we could we could watch high school me hosting a game show. There you go. I I wanted to bring it back. Remember we talked about this yeah. when you worked over at the cable station. Yeah, yeah. Talked about bringing it back. We could make it like way more high tech. I think it would go go over well. We could go out and get all the same prizes. Right. A free haircut from <laughs> Mr. Chris. I'm pretty sure I can hook up some, uh, like, make our own buzzers, stuff like that. Oh, that's getting really fancy. Yeah. We just had the prize board. So basically, uh-huh. the way this show would work was we had like a trivial pursuit for kids, mm-hmm. and we had the box of questions on the desk. And, uh, and it was typical cable access. There was a couple of, you know, rubber plants on either side of us. We were sitting at the table. And uh, and you would call in, 
and you would have to answer the first question. And if you answered the first question right, you would move on to the second question. And if you answered the second question correctly, actually, the first question that Mike, my co-host, would always ask is, what would you have for lunch today? That's right. I remember you saying this on another episode. But then the first question you'd have to answer. Then the second trivia question you'd have to get right. And if you got the second question right, then you got to pick from the prize board behind us. Mm -hmm. So there was like 16 prizes or 12 prizes, and you would pick a number, mm -hmm. and we would pick it off, and we would read to you what you won. And uh, and kids always got fired up for that two pounds of beef. Wow. There was, uh, what, what were some other popular prizes? Uh, the free pizza, which was... Uh, I, I only know the uh, the beef. I think there was like flowers. You could get some flowers. Yep, from a flower there. works would give you a, a free bouquet of flowers oh, or yeah. $10 worth of flowers. Uh, there was the, the Mr. Chris haircut <laughs> because I won that one time and that's when I went to Mr. Chris for the first time. Right. And last time. And then um, I think I went one more time, but... He used to like to talk crap about everybody, so... And he could only do one haircut and look like a Christmas tree? Stop it. <laughs> I always would say to him, make me look like a Wall Street tycoon. You did not. That's a that's a very, uh, very very obscure reference. I don't even know if Matt gets that. I, I don't. I don't. You don't? No. You never watched the Hey Vern, it's Ernest show? Where every time he would go I, into his I, barber... I vaguely remember it, yeah. He'd say... You know what? I'm looking for something different. Make me look like a Wall Street tycoon. <laughs> and he'd always make him look like something that sounded like Wall Street tycoon. And he'd be like, why do you want to look like a Main Street baboon? Like, you know, like he'd always be like these weird, stupid haircuts. Uh, I, like anyway. how, I like how Tim brings up like a, a TV show that had like three episodes in 1998 or whatever. 98? Or 88. Probably. like 88, yeah. 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 Hey, Vern Eternus was a classic show. That was a great show. He played every character on that show. Except for uh, uh, that other guy and his brother Bobby, the guy that never talked. Oh yeah, they were was great. in the movies. But uh, so the the other guy, the fat guy, he had this recurring segment called Lonnie Don School of Hollywood Sound Effects. <laughs> I think I remember this. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've probably showed you videos of this, and it was the same thing every time. He'd say, "Yeah," he'd be like, "This is a sound effect I made in the 1958 movie Aliens versus the Earthlings, and this is the sound of an alien ship shooting its laser beams and then exploding upon its own upon impact on the Earth." And it goes something like this: What you do is you, yeah, take your thumb and you place it on the side of your mouth like so. Well, then you take the meaty palm of your hand and you put it all across your mouth and you blow. <clears throat> Yeah, that was the sound effect that he did every single time. It was, it would, I would laugh and laugh and laugh, even oh though I knew God. it was coming. So this, this show has uh, begun very randomly. Right, 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 right. We've gone off the rails pretty quickly. Uh, but the phone lines are open, 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420. And, of course, you can jump into the chat room. I want to say hi to everybody that's watching in the chat room. Uh, thank you all for, for joining us. I see the... The uh, all the familiar names. Uh, Bart L is there, our new boss. Bart L, our new boss. Well, because we're going to be on the Kingdom of Radio dot com. Oh, he's going to be carrying the show. Or he he hasn't talked to me exactly what the what the plan is yet, what the idea is, but the spookacy. The spookacy. The spookacy. He, he I, I just, uh, they're going to offer you your own cuck shed. It's going to happen. My own, okay. But they're going to offer you your own cuck shed. Say no. Okay. 
Bardell's looking for a legacy. You don't want to be it. All right. I also heard that... She's, um, she's not getting any Bart coins tonight. No. Neither am I. I don't even know what's going on. Somebody has to explain all this to me. But someone... Oh, pseudoname did say that um, the real me was traded to aliens a couple months ago. But he heard that the aliens were having trouble with me and might return me. That's possible. That's entirely possible. We um, yeah. we are going to be looking for UFOs. Stop it. On the cruise. <laughs> when we do the cruise not next year. Me. Well, I was going to say, you know, like... How cool, like, what's your, what's your cool level with, with a UFO? If you just saw a light in the sky. As long as they don't take me aboard. Well, I, I don't totally think that's going to happen. Totally fine. I don't think that they're going to land on the deck of the ship or, I don't think they're going to. Can you imagine? No, I don't think it's going to. It was, we definitely saw some strange lights moving in the sky. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a rare opportunity if you're, you well, know, a city we- dweller. Are we calling them in, or are we just watching No, we're just for them? watching. Okay. I'm not Andrea Perrin. I'm just making sure. They don't listen to me well, if I call them. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what happened. I need to know. This no, is very important no, details. No, we, we will just stand on the deck of the ship and just watch uh, as we enter into the Bermuda Triangle, which is when we did it last year. Um, but that's what makes it interesting is if, you're, if you've never really been out in the wide open sky like that... Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's definitely worth just going out there and hanging out and looking. Right. So even if you don't believe in UFOs, even if you, uh, you know, don't think that we're going to see anything out there, it's worth joining us and walking out there and just looking up because you don't get to usually see the sky right. that it's unencumbered. Usually, it's it's super nice. Plus, we'll be docked in Bermuda for a couple of days, so we'll be still and we'll have the the night sky there as well. And everything shuts down in Bermuda super early. It's not. It's not the same, though. No, it's, but in the middle of the ocean, absolutely, and when, we'll have plenty yeah, of when, middle of the ocean. When we're like parked in the dock, it's not quite the same. It's not the same uh, wide open and nothing else going on. Is when you're. Sounds terrifying. It's it's not that bad, but uh, we'll be doing a lot on that cruise too. And certainly we have worth, a lot lined up. We do. It's 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 not going to be. I mean, it's a vacation, but it's not going to be a vacation either. No, it's going to be awesome. You're going to have all kinds of stuff to do, and uh, we're 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 not going to make sure that you ever. For the entire week, there will never be a point where you're like, ah, I'm bored. Nope. I don't know what never. else to do. Like, if you can't come up with something to do, find one of us. Right. We'll find something for you to do. Even if it's just, you know, hanging out and having a party, which is part of the plan. Right. The uh, the karaoke gauntlets have already been laid down. They have. So that's that going to be something that uh, will take place. I, um, I think I'm super excited to ghost hunt over that shipwreck. Uh, yeah, that's another thing that you can't really do anywhere else. Right. You know, so this is this is a very unique opportunity, and there's still the availability. You know, I say every week, I'm fair about it. I say every week that uh, you can go to wickedwaterscruise.com, yep. and you can use my promo code TIM. Yes. To only have to put $50 down. Correct. But I always say, or if you want to use Stephanie's, you can use the promo code Burke, mm-hmm. B-U-R-K-E. Right. So I am fair about it. Even in my presentation well, at Middleborough Paracon, I Did had you? a slide in there that said, use my promo code if you or like Stephanie's. you Stephanie better, then use this one. But uh, what they don't realize is that uh, the person whose promo code you use mm-hmm. is the person who you're responsible for if they get too drunk and pass out. No way. So Mm-mm. keep so, that in mind. So what I just heard was 
um, use my promo code because I don't really get drunk, so you don't have to babysit me. <laughs> Can't not get drunk on the cruise. That's that's. There's going to be at least one night where that happens. Oh my goodness! But uh, so it's certainly uh, worth it. And I was talking with somebody this week who's thinking about joining us, and uh, I was looking over again, and not to turn this into a big commercial, but I was looking over again the uh, amenities that are offered as part of the package. Right. And so you get to pick two. Two. So I didn't realize that you could actually pick, if you wanted to, the ultimate beverage package, which is Correct. what allows you to drink yeah, pretty, so pretty much it. whatever you want. Even and even, yeah, soda. I recommend it. Even if you don't plan on like getting all liquored up mm-hmm. on the cruise, I recommend it because it's huge to be able to just walk up to the bar and say, hey, can I have a soda? Yep. There is a soda package too, but I know, but it's just it's, so much better. If you not, want to have one really drink, worth it. you don't have to pay for it. Right. So it's it's I mean it's sixteen dollars for a drink is the average price right. of a cruise ship drink. So if you take that into account, then if you have four or five drinks a day, right. then you're you're already making out. And then the other it's thing better is better than Disney. I didn't realize that you could actually pick the ultimate beverage package and the ultimate dining package mm-hmm. if you want to. So, you see, with us before, with Norwegian, it was an either-or on those. Was it really? So it was like it was kind of like they would throw you the ultimate dining if you didn't drink. I think... Um, so if you're like, I'm not, a real, I'm not a real drinker, they'd be like, okay, well, then you could have the ultimate dining instead. I think what I did last cruise was I did the ultimate drink package. I didn't have a choice because somebody else chose for me, and that's a whole other story. Um, but Wendy and Mike, who are running this uh, cruise are amazing people. I, I don't mean to interrupt with you, but uh, we have breaking news. Do we? We have uh, we have Jonathan Webster in the chat room. Okay. I don't know if it's the real J.C. Webster or if it's just somebody pretending lot, to be right? him, but uh, just be just be aware. Okay. That, um, um, he's in there. I hope it's the real J.C. Webster because I haven't heard from him in a while. All the time. Um but Wendy and Mike are awesome, and what they did was they set us up with the um, ultimate drinking package and the uh, free gratuities, so you didn't have to pay anything. So I think we literally walked away with a $5 bill for the entire cruise, and that was just because we had drinks before we left port. Well, and besides the room charge, or, no. did, or did you pick the room charge as one of your no. amenities? Yeah, no, no, Because no that's, that's the part they don't tell you about, and right. I've been telling everybody about it ahead of time. They charge you fifteen dollars a day. Right, but that's the if you if you pay that, you know, if you pick that as part of your amenities, then and you, you don't have even to pay if for you it. don't pick it as one of your amenities, it's not a ton. You should still prepay it yeah. before the cruise because you save a little bit. Yeah. So instead of being like a hundred dollars, it's like eighty dollars. Right. So it's worth worth doing that. But that was the thing that surprised us because we had no idea, and then we went to get off the cruise. Yeah. And like we're broke. Right. So it's like, um, uh, use this card, try this card. Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can get somebody to wire me money so I can get off the ship. Right. Um, but anyway, the so in past cruises, we've had to pick the ultimate beverage or the ultimate dining. Right. So if you picked both of those, that means you can eat in any restaurant on the ship. Right. Which, don't get me wrong, you're fine for eating if yep. you don't pick that because there's oh, yeah, the buffet, there's, so much. Yeah. there's the two main dining rooms, yep. there's a couple of other places, the all-night restaurant. You can eat in all of those. Mm-hmm. But there's just also a couple extra restaurants right. and even if you don't pick that and you want to go eat in one of those restaurants it's not that expensive right like uh i walked out of the the mexican restaurant on the norwegian dawn mm-hmm. uh i i ate pretty well and i think it cost like 12 bucks mm-hmm. so it's you know it's not that terrible even if you don't get that but you know i, I what are you going to do with the onboard wi-fi credit 
You only get so many minutes. I, that's the only thing I purchased was Wi-Fi, and it was honestly like $130 for the entire week. And uh, But I also so. hear that it's not that great. Oh, mine worked fine. I don't know how it is on the gem, but on the Don, it wasn't all that great. Mine worked like a charm. So they were upgrading all of that. Yeah. So, um, I was on the Norwegian Sun. But if you are on vacation, you know, maybe you don't want to have access. Maybe it's fine to wait three days so you get to Bermuda to check in. Uh, so there's there's all these different choices that you can make. It's just it's an awesome experience. I was a little nervous myself because I'm not a big fan of the ocean. I'm still terrified to go on a seven-day cruise. <laughs> I only did four days last time, and it was super fast and easy and not a ton of time in the water. So I no, did get this, a little sick you at won't two even, points. Yeah, you won't even realize it now. Now that you've got your sea legs, I did, you'll be you fine. You know what? Sea legs were fine. If I, if I walked around crazy, I was fine with that. The thing that got me was looking out the window as we were pulling away. That's why I don't understand why you need to have a water view window. Nope. I don't need it. I mean, well, I was sitting in the dining room at one point, and like I couldn't look out the window. I mean, I, I spent I spent a lot of time on the pool deck, so because I was hanging out with Tenny. Right, so, right, right. So he smoked, and we would we'd hang out on the pool deck. So I was always surrounded by the water. But uh, and did I see this ship has a water slide? I think it does. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So so we have to get a video of you going down the water slide for sure. You know about me and water slides. Mm, yes. They don't. They don't work out so well. <laughs> I've been to the As water you go park. Off the edge of the ship. <laughs> I've been to the water park twice, and I've been hurt both times. Right. All right. So, so we'll take it easy, nice and slow. You go on the kitty one. We'll, we'll take see a video. What, we'll It'll see what great. happens. But uh, wickedwaterscruise.com if you want to get tickets to that. Uh, I do want to talk about something. And there is a, a call in the chat room, by the way, that uh, if this is the real J.C. Webster the third in the chat room, for him to call in to okay. prove that it's him. So five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. And believe me, we'll know if it's him uh, right away. But anybody else that wants to call in can call in as well with whatever is on their mind. I want to talk about something, though, that came up today. Okay. We're, you know, we're all on Facebook. Uh, I know some people aren't, but everybody in this room is yes. on, in the Spooky Studios on Facebook. And I'm sure that you have had it happen to you where you get added to groups. Yes, I did see your post about this at some point today. And I've been, I've been added to so many paranormal groups that mm -hmm. I don't even know how many I'm in now or what ones I'm in. It's just... I'm not even notified when I'm added anymore. Right. Like, you like just, I have to go through and clear them out. I just see posts from people in the group, and I'm like, uh, what am I supposed to do now that I'm part of this? Like, mm -hmm. what, what are you expecting from me? So I had to, you know, take myself out of some of them because they were just ridiculous. Like, with the amount of... Uh, there's a there's a call to ask us to put the number on the screen. Okay. Matt, if that's possible. So the, um, you know, some of them are just ridiculous with these constant posts and everything. But it, most of them I will stay in. And there's one that I don't know if I should give the name out because the guy who runs it is a local guy, and uh, he's always been supportive of the show. But he runs this this paranormal group, and this is their page, and they put up all these photos. That are nothing. That are, you know, like when you zoom in on something so close that you can't help but see something now. Right. Because you've zoomed in to the point where you've distorted everything else that was in the image. And there's, you know, they're always seeing faces. Mm -hmm. and, and it's so obvious that there's nothing there. And that they're just misconstruing other things in the photo. So I wanted to kind of, because I, I kind of feel like when people put up a photo, 
they should be putting it up so that people can offer constructive criticism. I didn't realize that when they post it, it's because they just want you to say, wow, great catch, and nothing else. So uh, at first I was like, I should really like explain to them exactly what's going on here. And I said, that's a minefield every mm -hmm. time that you do that. So I don't know that I want to do it. But I did see that some other people are doing it. So somebody said, hey, that's pareidolia. And mm -hmm. the, the person was like, no, it's not. It's it's definitely not because we had all kinds of other activity happening that night. Well, that may be true, but that doesn't mean that the thing that you think that you caught in the photo was real, right? And I, I, I mean, what what can you do in that situation except? And, and it bothers me. It bothers me to say like let these people alone and just let them keep thinking that it's something paranormal because it not only does it not help them any because they're not really learning how to throw things out and learning what is something that's worth presenting to the rest of the world as as uh, you know evidence of the paranormal but you're also discrediting other people that have gone out and caught something that is amazing right that uh, when you can kind of pull out all of these other factors to say well now what we're left in is only something that's unexplained or unexplainable so that's kind of doing them a disservice by saying that every all of these photos are definitely anomalous mm -hmm. when it's just, you know, probably leaves right. in behind a tree that looks like a face. So I don't like I didn't ask to be part of the group. Right. They added me to the group. Mm -hmm. So then I, I kind of wonder, does that mean that I should say something? And kind of stand my ground a little bit and say, you know, you, you need to get a little bit more. Uh, well, I don't know, because sometimes you selective. talk to people and they say, like, oh, I've been at this for 30 years. Right. That is also probably a lie. Correct. But it happens all the time. I can't. Nobody knows better than them. If you add up the amount of years that people that say that they've been in the paranormal have been in the paranormal, like the math doesn't work. I've been in this for 45 years. You're 37 years old. I know. It happens all the time. Like, how, does, time. how does that work? I'm trying to figure that out. Or like their teams will say, uh, our team has over 120 years worth of paranormal experience. Well, not really, because uh, some of those years were concurrent. Right. Most of them were concurrent. Or like when, um, you know, people are friends or they're a couple and people say, like, we have X amount of years combined in the field. Okay. That doesn't make it any better. Um, just be honest with where you're at, how long you've been doing it, and if you've educated yourself as much as possible, whether you've been in it for two years or 20 years, it doesn't matter. If you stay complacent, then that doesn't help you. So, And I, I think that that's part of it, though, is that they just want validation for what they're doing. And it's a tough call because you want to be able to say, you know, to people, keep doing what it is that you like doing, right. and I support you doing what you're doing, but at the same time, you don't want somebody to go down the wrong path. I don't know any of these people, mm -hmm. so it doesn't really phase me any. And for the most part, when people have asked my opinion mm -hmm. on photographs, videos, audio, whatever, right. usually when I give it, they say, you know, thank you, and, and they're right. usually not combative about it. It just seems to be that there's these other groups that exist for... So it's like everybody wants to live in like a little insulated world and and not be challenged. 
Well, no, because it makes them feel powerful. And I don't, I don't like that. Like that's not the reason that you're out there taking these photographs and, and video and audio. You're supposed to be collecting it to, in some ways, solve the mystery. In some ways, uh, explain the narrative of, right. of of a haunting. In some ways, you want to just prove to people mm-hmm. that what's going on there is actually legitimate. And but that's the problem. Everybody wants to be the first one to prove to the world that they've caught something on camera or you know film or audio or whatever it might be but everything is always open to interpretation because there is no governing force of the paranormal field if you are willing to take advice i could be okay with you saying you know i appreciate that Mm -hmm. uh i don't know if that's necessarily the case like we could go back and forth a little bit about it but to just outright not want to take any criticism is just imagine if that existed in in any other right you know quote unquote field mm-hmm. where peer review is an essential part of of everything and you're supposed to be willing to take advice and and, and take constructive criticism do you remember years ago when we both got added to that peer peer review group i made that group did you the paranormal peer review i think so dave francis and i created that group and that that turned it, it lasted like a month yeah we had Rosemary Ellen Guiley in there, mm-hmm. one of the longest tenured and most respected names in the paranormal world. We had her in there on a daily basis, mm-hmm. judging, not judging, but uh, offering criticism and, and offering uh, possible explanations for anomalous things in photographs. Mm-hmm. And her word wasn't good enough for people. I was like, it's go just... look at that book on your shelf. That's written by her. Yeah, it's just, it's just bad. So we ended up having to close the group up because, you know, we just got, we got torn apart and called paranormal bullies. And like, we don't, here's the thing. You're trying to help, but they don't want the help. They just want to do things their own way. I'm going to put this out there. Okay. I'm going to put this out there to everybody that's listening. That's a paranormal investigator. I don't care about you Mm -hmm. enough to (laughs) want to destroy you. And let me rephrase that. Right. I, I, I like you all. Okay. But nowhere in my mind does it enter in that I somehow want to discredit or destroy you for any self-gain or satisfaction. Right. I have no reason to want to eliminate anybody from the paranormal field. But there are people out there that do want to do that. Of course. There are people out there that just, you know, it gives them a sense of control and power to do that to other people. But I am not one of those people. Right. And if I am telling you something, I'm telling you this based on my own experience and knowledge and trying to help you mm-hmm. know those things as well. I don't want to bury anybody. Right. If I did, I would not do it by judging their photos. <laughs> no. There's many other ways that I could bury Correct. somebody if I wanted to try to bury somebody. Yes, there is. And I certainly would not uh, tell you if I was trying to bury you, I wouldn't be telling you under the guise of teaching you, which is what I'm trying to do. Listen, there was a time when I thought certain things were mm-hmm. something that they weren't, and I had to go through the process and learn and figure out what I can rely on and what I can't, what I need to throw out and what I can keep. Like, I'll say one of the the weirdest things, if you've ever caught it on camera, that you, that really makes you question you know, what it is that you've caught, bugs. Right. If you catch bugs in mid-flight, it looks so bizarre. But you have to be able to know 
you know, but the if difference. I, if I come back and tell you and say, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's a bug because look, you can see the, right. you can see the thorax, you can see the abdomen, you can see the wings. Mm-hmm. Here's the antenna. You know, and I actually got into an argument with a person where I told them it was definitely a moth Mm -hmm. in their photograph. This is absolutely 100%. I would stake my life on it. It's a moth. And you know what the person's response to me was? Well, it could be a fairy. Okay. Maybe it is. But if it's a fairy, it's a fairy that looks like a moth. (laughs) Because I'm trying to explain to you this is a moth. I don't think the two look alike, but what do I know? Uh, um, it's it's just it's mind boggling. My uh, my friend caught one one time that a moth or a fairy. No, I'm not really sure. Okay, um, a picture of a bug, and we discovered it was a bug, but it was the weirdest looking bug because of how she caught it. It looked like a spiral, like uh, like rotini pasta. Mm-hmm. That's what it looked like, but it was you know, which is my favorite pasta. Mine too, but. It was it was weird, you know. How do you catch like something? Sorry, I'm falling <laughs> food, down. Food, food. We haven't yeah. talked about food yet. It's not spooky snack coast yet. I had uh, I had linguine and pesto sauce. Earlier. Did you? Yes. I'm starving. But I didn't anyway. eat dinner. Anyway. Um. So if I have anything green in my teeth, it's pesto. I'm not going to judge you. I've known you way too long. Um. But it was it was a spiral bug, and I have no idea. We we looked it up, and we ended up finding out what type of bug flies in a spiral like that. Mm-hmm. Um. And we we found it, but just the way that it it worked. And how we caught it. You just never know. And you have to be willing to say that, you know, maybe it's not something paranormal. Right. I mean, I can tell you how many times we, I mean, we've been doing this for a while. So we've been doing it from a time when people didn't take photographs with their phones. I was going to say, we've been doing it long before smartphones. So we've been so, doing it at a time when people would run Kodak. out with their, their yep. digital camera and uh, immediately after taking a photo, they'd be looking for that little tiny two inch viewfinder, yep. a little tiny window there. And an LCD screen, and they'd be like, well, look at, look at, let me zoom in on it. Let me, it's mm-hmm. like, no, take it home, put it on the computer, then send it to me. Like, there's no way I'm going to judge based on what's right. coming through your, your LCD screen that something's paranormal. And the same thing with audio. The, with, with the audio, like, it's very hard for you to just come up to me. Sometimes it, sometimes it happens. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you're not going to come up to me with a recorder. And just play me something, and I'm I'm going to hear it and right. not think that it's something else. You know, I need to hear it with headphones. I need right. to be able to to take a look at it visually. Uh, we did have uh, when we were at the Smith Harris house a couple of weeks ago. Uh, one of the LaGuardia sisters actually did capture mm-hmm. an EVP on the recording, and it was I mean it was definite. It was an absolute 100 percent recording. Uh, you know, a disembodied voice. Nobody in the room had said it, um, but. It's rare that that's, it's that clear enough that I can hear it on the recorder and be like, right. yep, you have something. For the most part, you know, you need to at least, at least, very least, put on some headphones and hear mm-hmm. it. But, you know, these people, well, they don't want to hear it. So, I mean, that's the challenge is you have to decide, do you want to try to educate people or do you want to just kind of throw your hands up and say, you know, they're going to keep doing what they're doing. I can't really have an influence on it. I think we've moved past the era of ghost hunting 101, but I feel like it needs to come back. And I've I've said that for like the past year because 
being able to travel like I have and meet people who are either, you know, 10 years into investigating or, you know, brand new. Most of the time people are brand new to it and they don't get any direction when they're at these events with people or celebrities or whatever it might be. They're just, you know, left to go. I know for our events and I can speak for ourselves, um, we try to encourage people to ghost hunt and show them what to do and show them how to use equipment and not just hand them a K2 and let them go off. So, But, I mean, there's also people who have never been in a group like that and are just doing it themselves because they're going off what they saw on television. Right. So there's just this, the education is lacking in that for sure. When we and start, TV doesn't show everything. When we started doing this, or at least when, when we started doing the show, mm-hmm. there were... You know, courses that you could go out right. and take. Like Keith, Keith and Carl Johnson and Sandra yep. Johnson were out teaching a Paranormal 101. Mm-hmm. TAPS had a regular Paranormal 101 at their headquarters in yep. Warwick. Uh, you know, there was, um, was that place in Braintree? Open Doors? Yep. Was that? So they would have, you know, regular mm-hmm. people come, you know, people would come in regularly and, and teach courses. And then the Bay State Paranormal Center was running for a while. Yep. So there were all these places around here where people could go out and learn, even, now in the fall, like in some of the libraries that hire me to come out and speak, they want a paranormal 101. Yep. So there's, there are opportunities to go out there and learn. Right. There are, um, you know, plenty of episodes of this show, for example, that we've done yep. where we've tried to train people on some things. And, and there, you know, there was always talk about we should do a paranormal training video series. Right. And put them up on YouTube and all that stuff. It's like, but if you do, all you're going to do is get criticized. By everybody else. Correct. About, you know, like, what makes you the authority? We're not trying to be the authority. We're no, just, we're trying, just trying to, to help people. It's no different than when a, a, a guy mm-hmm. who knows how to replace a transmission makes a YouTube video showing somebody how to replace the transmission. Right. You know, and uh, but that's that's the problem is there's no set way to do it. So everybody tends yeah. to think that their way is right. Of course. And, you know, you mentioned going to these events and... You know, having the opportunity to learn from other people. This came up, and I, I don't really want to dwell on this too much because I, it just seems like an odd topic to, to talk about. But so somebody posted, um, they, they post a question every day to kind of get discussion going. Mm-hmm. And somebody posted a question about, uh, you know, kind of ripped off my idea that I had a couple of years ago. I remember. But um, the question was uh, why so many people feel the need to invite uh, paranormal celebrities mm. to their events and to their ghost hunts. Like, why why do they need feel the need to investigate with paranormal celebrities? And it was just the the amount of butthurt that was in the comments under that question made me sick. Yep. Because everybody was like, it's just because they're trying to get famous and they're trying to use somebody else's face. Like, how famous do you really think a paranormal celebrity <laughs> is? They're not that famous. No. Like, you hang around with Porter a lot. Yeah. How many times does Porter really get recognized when he goes out somewhere? Actually? I mean, he's a little bit distinctive in his appearance. Yeah. I was going to say probably the worst person to use as but an still, example. But still, he can walk into Walmart and walk out without anybody saying anything to him. It can happen. I've been in Walmart with him. It, I, I firmly... I went, I went into a McDonald's with him. Nobody knew. You nobody did. went up True. to him. Depends on where he is in the, in the country. I will you give know? him that. Sure. Um, down south, forget it. Right. Um, he, <laughs> he stayed up here... Um, in Rhode Island for one of the events we were doing over the fall. And I had just dropped him off, um, drove away, and he called me. He said, hey, you're never going to believe this. I was like, what happened? He said, the guy working the front desk looked at me and said, are you Porter from Ghost Asylum? (laughs) 
And well, I'm like, well, where, that's weird. But Why sure. don't any of these people have uh, Nielsen boxes? But I know, I know. But, but Like during the height of Ghost Hunters fame, when right. Dustin Perry was on Ghost Hunters, like we were walking around the, the beer festival. Yep. And nobody, we, you know, nobody recognized us. Yeah. We did because we know him. Right. But like nobody else, like we spent time walking around with him. Nobody was like, hey, there's Justin. Oh, there's Justin. Yeah. You know, they didn't even recognize him as the Dunkin' Donuts commercial guy. Actually, this was before the commercial. It was. I was going to say that's before the commercial, but, but uh, I think it doesn't help. Um, like you said, Porter's appearance makes him stick out. So. Right. Uh, but, you know, like I've been places with other paranormal celebrities where yeah. people don't know who they are and don't realize. Yep. It's not that big of a deal. Right. And uh, certainly, you know, they know that it's not that big of a deal. Yep. They're not walking up to the to the car rental counter and being like, well, you know, obviously, look at me. I was going to say, anybody that I've ever surrounded myself with and, you know, I've made it obvious who I spend time with um, has never acted that way. We're just, you know, regular, everyday people. But the, the, the point is, is that's, but that's not why, like, so it's one thing if you're having a, a ticketed event and you're bringing somebody in to be a draw. Yeah. But they're ta- I think a lot of these people were, like, talking about why you would need to have somebody join you on an investigation and it's it's plain and simple because they're your friends Mm -hmm. and because this is what they do like it's not just about being on tv right they liked doing this before and and they'll do it after they're not on tv anymore this just is when you have a passion for it it's not a job and yes it you know i know i know amy bruni's put this out there a lot um, because people have given her grief about sitting there and, you know, selling autographs and going to these events. But a lot of us, um, a lot of us work in this field because we've dedicated our lives to it and that's how we do make our money and we are able to travel and do things like that. But, um, and they shouldn't be bashed for that at all, especially, you know, people like herself or, you know, the early days of, of Ghost Hunters crew, um, that stuck around for a while. I know, you know, Dustin still, stay strong working all year long he works more than anybody i know um nobody should get grief for that period and anybody i've worked with aren't i should say not anybody i've worked with but the people i still continue to work with aren't jerks about it there's just there's just a lot of people who are butthurt about things there's a lot of people who are jealous and it just it's i saw somebody the other day put out there who's trying to be famous, that it's not fair that people like that person who's putting it out there aren't given the same opportunities as other people, um, you know, and, and these paranormal celebrities are, you know, getting all the opportunities and everything else. And um, it was just crazy to me, like the the amount of entitledness that is put out there. Like, I should have these opportunities. I should be the one that's famous. I should be the one that's making money. Why? That's not what we all got into this for. By the way, like, you're all... Everybody has the wrong approach right. either. Like, nobody's rich. No. Nobody's doing this, like, full-time. Everybody still has other... Of course. ...businesses that they have to worry about and things they have to worry about. So, anyway. Like I said, I don't want to dwell on that. But uh, I just wanted to kind of clarify my stance on that a little bit because it's... Listen... It's like any other hobby, which is what it is. Mm-hmm. If you like it, do it. If you like it, try to want to be the best at it that you can be. Right. Like, if you went out golfing with somebody and somebody offered you a golf tip 
to say, hey, you know, if you uh, tighten up your grip a little bit there, you, you know, you get on the ball a little bit more, right. you might say, oh, hey, thanks. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't say, no, this is oh, how no, I got no, no, no. wrong. This is, you, you wouldn't say, no, see, I, I, I got a, I got, you know, a, a hole in one on this hole last week, and so obviously you don't know what you're talking about because I, I shot the same way and got a hole in one. But that's just the ridiculous level. Yep. That uh, and it just doesn't make any sense. And I, I go back to it all the time, and I know it's going down a path. But there's a there's a demographic involved mm-hmm. in it. And if you go back and see who these people are, mm-hmm. they fit into that demographic. Well, not only that, those people will weed themselves out within the next couple of years. I've watched it happen repeatedly over the past ten years. And I'm still here, oh. and they are not. So, so are, are you a Freemason in the chat room? Just uh, just brought up a, a, a bad word. Oh, your favorite word. And, and if this is who I think it is, this is a person who has just started going back through our archives oh. and listening to the show from the beginning, which okay. thank you very much for doing that. That's a, that's a quite a commitment with over very, 540 yeah. episodes. But you may not have gotten to the point yet in the archive where we uh, completely dumped on the idea of... We've done that more than once. <laughs> and I'm going to say it because it's there. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's the P word. Parity. No. There was a time when we were calling for it just like so many others. Mm-hmm. And then... We smartened up and realized what's the point? Nobody has to get along. Nobody has it. There's 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 nothing that says that we all need to be friends. The way I look at it, after many instances of meeting lovely, lovely people, um, you walk into work every day, and you have an entire company in one building. Do you get along with every single coworker that you work with? No. You're going to love some, you're going to be okay with some, and you're going to hate some. But that's how this is. All you have to do is have a level of respect. Correct. And that level of respect might be that you completely ignore somebody. Right, because they don't have the same level of, level of respect for you, if which it's is wrong. Somebody that you feel doesn't uh doesn't have anything to contribute or is doing things the wrong way. It's really better to just ignore them than it is to try to weed them out uh, or call them out. Mm-hmm. I know that the instinct is to say, like, well, we have to protect this thing that we all want to do together and that we all want to do correctly. So we have a duty to say, like, let's get rid of those people. But I can tell you right now that thinking that way won't get you anywhere. Nope. It'll cause more problems and it will solve problems. And it's just it's just not worth spending your time or your energy. And it's not worth spending your time or energy trying to get along with everybody because right. it won't happen because everybody is there's there's I, I've got to think that there is a certain part of our personalities, all the people that are involved in this and that do this. There's a certain something in us that is uh, damaged. OK. And I think that. And, and let me let me be clear about why I think that. It's not that there's something wrong with us, but I think that there is because we spent so much time being interested in and pursuing and researching and believing in something that other people didn't, that it has kind of made us very defensive about those beliefs. Mm-hmm. And it's made us very defensive about those uh, about putting that much time and energy into into these topics. So then 
because that exists, it makes it that much more egregious when somebody doesn't want to be your friend that also believes in the same thing. Yeah, no, that's not even my problem. Like, you know, we both drive a Honda Accord. You know, we should get along. You know, it's like the it's like the motorcycle wave, Matt. You know this. Right. Like, it doesn't matter what kind of bike you drive. When you see another bike, you give the motorcycle wave. Mm-hmm. Right. It's required. Right. So well, it like doesn't... Jeep, too. Jeep people do that, don't they? That's true. Oh, yeah. Jeep people. But it's cool when motorcycle people do it, when Jeep people do it, it's lame. <laughs> but when... So here's the question, Matt. You, as, as motorcycle people, you know... Yeah. Although mine hasn't been running for a couple of years, but still, <laughs> uh, you know, we, 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 we do wave to anybody else that's on a bike, but right. do we wave to somebody that's on a scooter? Um, I actually saw this happen the other day. <laughs> I was at right? a stoplight and a guy was on a, on a bike, a nice, a nice, like you could tell right. he built this thing himself because, uh, there was many different parts from many different bikes on it, but it was, uh, it was pretty badass. And he's at the stoplight and across from him on the other side is a guy on a scooter. And the guy on the scooter is trying to do the motorcycle wave, and the guy on the bike is intentionally ignoring him. Really? Oh, yeah. Everybody's got to start somewhere, though. I'm not talking... I'm talking like a... Like a... You know, like a Vespa. Like a... Like a... Mo- like a... Okay. Like, like... I guess where where do you draw the line, though? Then you're just, you just start right. waving at... Every kid on a bicycle. Kid, yeah. Yeah. But, uh... But, you, you know, you have to do it. You have to... You have to do the wave. And... Do you do that for everybody in the paranormal? Do they all deserve the wave? I think it's better sometimes just to ignore them. I have met some of the best people in my life ghost hunting. I can confidently say that. I have also met some of the absolute worst scum of the earth people while ghost hunting. There's a lot of uh, scum of the earth people that are the ones that glom on to the people that do it, too. That's, That's a whole other episode for a whole other I was gonna time. say, I don't know. I don't know. We might want to go there right now. <laughs> Can is open. Well, uh, the phone lines are also open at 508-996-0500. I'd be interested in getting other people's thoughts about this, especially people that don't go out and do this, but uh, but follow you know some of the people that do or that listen to these shows. You know, What do you think about a lot of what's going on? Because there has to be dialogue to further things along. I mean, you have to be willing to have these conversations and I think mm-hmm. you can have the conversations without discrediting somebody else right so I, I mean I have no problem there's people that I talk to all the time about paranormal issues and paranormal theories and topics that I would never actually want to go out and do anything yep. with because I just don't like their approach I don't like their style I don't like them as people you know there's there's a variety of different reasons why but I'm at least willing to discuss and have the conversation mm-hmm there's been radio shows that I've been a guest on, not recently, but you know, years ago, because I've become a little bit more selective about not saying yes to everybody. But there was people whose shows I've been on where I would have to tell them in the middle of the interview, like, no, that's I don't agree with that. That's not how I do things. That's not how I would want to do things. Um, and I think that that's okay. I think healthy discussion is okay. But I also think that you have to understand if you're going to have that healthy discussion that you have to be willing to listen to the other side, you know, to make a, a political reference, mm-hmm. even though the chat room doesn't like it when I make political references. But there's a call right now for civility. Mm-hmm. And I think that you need to have that civility in the paranormal as well 
at least it would be nice. It, and then you know, then you can just talk about everybody else behind their Instead back. Of, well, that's what happens anyways, which is awful. But you got to talk about something. We're going to talk about something when we're eating our Swedish fish. We have a phone call on the line, 508-996-0500. Let me just make sure I get everything set up here for phone calls <laughs> before I screw myself and do it wrong. Yeah, don't do that. That'd be bad. I think I get it all ready now. Okay. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hi, good evening. Um I just wanted to uh, weigh in on this conversation. Uh, I was the gentleman that called in uh, last Saturday night, and I gave a brief uh, overview of some of the experiences I've had. Right. Uh, we had the parapsychologist. I, I just wanted to weigh in on this conversation, too, if, if, if you don't mind. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've had experiences such as uh, a poltergeist event or some other kind of paranormal phenomenon and then had an experience with a, with a UFO sighting or, or even a close encounter experience. There's a lot of, a lot of times this just, the stuff just seems to, to intermingle. Well, I, and it's almost, uh, you have to kind of go back to the theory that once you are open to one type of experience, it kind of opens you up to other things as well. That, uh, as Moniz would say, if Moniz was here, uh, that, uh, he was, told by his mentor when he started that uh, when you start looking in, well, for every, what does he say? For every step you take toward the paranormal, it takes two steps toward you. Mm -hmm. So that's what happens is the minute that you are open to having these experiences or at least admitting that you're having these experiences, other types of phenomena are, are going to become more uh, more obvious to you. That's, that's a, I agree with that. And um, I'll just relay, if you don't mind, real quick, an experience I had years ago when I was uh, about 19 years old. I had never um, had any experiences with uh, things like the Ouija board and whatnot. I went to a seance, and that night I experienced more paranormal activity that I have, than I've ever experienced my whole life. I mean, it was a UFO sighting. I had um, a uh, experience with some kind of entity that appeared in my room that night. And uh, it scared me away from ever touching it again. Well, again, it probably just opened you up to, right. to um, you know, I always kind of use the, the beta waves reference. But, you know, that's where they say a lot of this stuff occurs. It occurs in the beta waves. And, and our minds are mostly in the alpha waves, except for at night when we get ready to go to sleep, our 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 brains kind of start moving up into those beta waves. And when you go into a situation like that, you are putting your mind into those beta waves. And when you're there, you don't know what else could be there and what else you could encounter. That makes sense because um, I just got done reading for the second time uh, Dr. Barry Taft's book, Aliens Above Ghost Flow. And he made a really interesting point in that book about parapsychology in general. There's the theory where... <laughs> A lot of psychic phenomenon is not act like, for example, telepathy. You're not actually reading someone's mind per se, but you're gathering information from the, what I call the cosmic hard drive, which would be the fabric of space and time. And everything you're remote viewing and or exercising telepathy or whatever, you're just simply gathering data off that hard drive. No, I would, I definitely would agree with that. The other thing too, though, about it is that when you are going to be open to it, and when it, 
when it is going to make itself more known to you, you can't cherry pick what kind of experiences you're going to have. You can't say, uh, you know, I'm okay with just uh, with just ghostly stuff, but I don't want anything UFO related to take place. I mean, it's it's it, when you put yourself in that position, you just got to kind of take it as it comes. And and then, you know, there's there's always still the debate about whether or not the phenomena is interrelated. Uh, I know that you you think that it is. And I, I know that there's a lot of people that do. Uh, some people are looking to deny those interrelations because they're willing to accept some types of phenomena and not others. Precisely. A good example of, of, of the theory, that theory is uh, the Skinwalker Ranch. That place has everything from A to Z served on a, on a golden platter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I've read, I've read a lot of stuff about it, and uh, we have uh, a lot of, uh, what's that uh, billionaire's name that, that bought it? Um, dang, I, his name escapes me. Yeah, now I'm See, blanking on it, too. This guy, this billionaire... Um, from uh, Nevada, actually bought Yeah, Bob ranch. Bigelow, Bob Bigelow, yep. And he started a uh, scientific exploratory group, and just every kind of specialist Lush. from A to Z was there. And um, every, they had the UFO sightings, they had the uh, hauntings, they had the uh, poltergeist, uh, the cryptids, I mean, all kinds of bizarre creatures. Very interesting. Thank you for taking my call. All right, you have a great night. You too. At 508-996-0500, uh, if you want to call in and share that. That call, did, did you guys were able to hear that okay? The the phone seems a little bit low to me. It was super low. Okay. You I did have it peaked it. up, so I don't know if that was his phone or or what. But, uh, so somebody else call in and we'll test it. We'll certainly take more phone calls. I did notice that uh, Commander Sonny Cito is in the chat uh, room. Did you see that? Was that? Was that? I don't know who that is under that screen name, but... Uh, um. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. It would be interesting if uh, if the real Commander Sonny Cito was in the chat room, but I don't think that that's Stop her. It right now. No. Well, just because this is like the anniversary of when we had her on. Right. It I was, have to say, it was this week. I really missed you guys. I did not miss the plants that are in here. Yeah, I don't know. I think we might. We're gonna have to have a serious conversation about whether or not we can keep you on the show. Oh no. It's bad. I don't know if you're aware, but you're like tons of sniffles. I know because I'm so allergic, and I don't. I forgot to take allergy I mean, if, before I came it's, in. If it's going to be you or the plants, I think it's going to have to be you because you're going to have to be the one to go because Phil won't get rid of the plants. Can you just put them in his office? And I don't know. This the, the smaller one we probably can. That one's heavy. That one's And I'm huge. guessing it's probably that one that's the problem. I don't like the plants either. I don't. I wish that they weren't here. I can't be the only one allergic. And of course, uh, you can't see it watching on on. Uh, on spooky tv because it's behind the cameras but there's this huge plant behind us and it's blocking the Matt, news booth got it. so when i was working in the news booth uh, part of my newscast was i would have to tell you what the temperature was and i'd have to tell you what the current weather conditions were and i would always look out the window and say you know it's cloudy it's raining it's right. sunny <laughs> and you can't because see. there's no windows in the booth mm-hmm. so what i would do is there's actually another business around here because this is like an l shape or in the corner mm-hmm. so there's another business here that has glass windows and so i would look at the reflection in their window of the sky and that's how i would tell what the what the current weather was it's pretty fancy and when they put that plant in the way like all of a sudden i couldn't see anymore so i had to like remember to look out the window of the newsroom before i went into the booth to be able to see what was going on outside? So I just, I just, hate, I hate the plants. All right, cool. 
But let's uh, let's I can't, start a petition. I can't do anything about it because they're Phil's plants, and he loves them, and he waters them every day. Tell him that I'm highly allergic. And and he'll say, I'm here five days, you're here one. He would not. Deal Phil with so it. nice. Phil super nice. So he'll, he'll say that those plants are... What are those plants, Matt? They're wonderful. They're wonderful. If you have not listened to Phil's show, you should start your morning with Phil because he'll make you feel like a million bucks, except for the sniffles. I'm sorry. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if anybody else does want to call in, 508-996-0500 is the number to call in and discuss. And, you know, we, you know, the caller mentioned the Skinwalker Ranch, but we've got an area like that here ourselves with the Bridgewater Triangle where it runs the gamut of all different types of paranormal phenomena. And uh, we will be setting up very soon our Bridgewater Triangle investigation show for this year. I think, um, Matt, I know that you've been booking some shows, but we should probably be able to get that done like maybe sometime in September, right? Sounds good, yeah. And uh, what we'll do is we'll do it the same way that we've done it in the past, where we send teams out into the field. And uh, Mm -hmm. now with our new, well, the way that it worked last year was we actually had them go Facebook Live, which worked out pretty well. I think think we we can do that again. Yeah. Although, has something else come along at this point that we no. should... I don't know. We like instead? to switch it up every year, so maybe, we we'll, do. maybe we'll find something that's kind of uh, innovative and fun. But the yeah. Facebook Live worked well, especially now yeah. where you yeah, can you can put people into your Facebook Live, too. Right, yeah. So, like, now they could incorporate multiple people that are on site, and, you know, we could have them talk to each other. So there's a, a whole lot of different ways that we can do that. But that is one of our, our annual shows, if you've never caught it you can go back into the archives and see uh whether it be on youtube or even if you want to go back to the very beginning uh, on podcast with the audio you can find all of those um previous issues speaking of podcasts matt we do have to bring up uh, apparently we're still having some issues with some of our podcasts um yeah for for the most part most services are um are okay um i'm not sure if it was a glitch on our end or Something to do with the 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 services that we send it out to, but I, I believe um, people who are listening or not listening on TuneIn are still having a problem. Um, but I think for the most part, everything else is up and running. Um, if anybody if anybody does have any problems, uh, just let us know. Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com. We we were having a problem with Stitcher. Has that been fixed? Um, I believe Stitcher's. I think Stitcher is one of the ones that is it's behind, so it's like four episodes behind. And tune in uh, the last six episodes. Don't play. So just so people so. are aware, we have a, a podcast service, and it's the, the same service that we've had since day one. Uh, we use Hipcast, which we've been using since the, the very first show in 2006. And, yeah, ever, ever. and we've we've for the most part had a very great experience with them. Right. Yeah. And uh, and and they're very good about their their support about getting back to us. Uh, sometimes they don't understand what we're telling them, which I think is kind of the case here, right? They're not really sure why we're having these issues. Right, right. It, like like I said, it might be something on uh, the the services to end and not right. get on. So, but I mean, all the episodes are are available on uh, SpookySouthCoast.com and um, YouTube. And you can so. still get you can still get the RSS feed directly from SpookySouthCoast.com, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, there's an option in the uh, menu. So I absolutely suggest that if you are having trouble with whatever service that you're using, to just get an RSS reader on your on your browser, mm-hmm. 
And then you can just plug in that RSS feed and you'll get all the episodes and it'll update as soon. That will actually update as soon as we put the show up. Right. Some of the other services take a while. Like, you know, iTunes could take a day or two to update each episode. Uh, some of these other services take a while. But with the RSS feed, you can get them immediately. So, and if you don't use that to get podcasts, you know, that's a, that's a good way to do it. Uh, and of course, if you ever miss the show, it's always rebroadcast on the Dark Matter Radio Network. We're on, uh, what, Tuesdays at 7.30 Eastern? Um, Tuesdays, I don't know the time. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Tuesdays on the Dark Matter Digital Network. Uh, just look up Dark Matter Digital Network online, and you'll be able to find the show there as it rebroadcasts. And, of course, soon to be joining KingdomOfNighRadio.com. The legacy. I need to know about the Bart this. L network. Now that's going to be uh, kind of the same deal as Dark Matter, where it's just I, I streaming all the time. I have not we talked need, to. We need it for much. Bartha and I need to have a conversation. Maybe he'll call in and and, and tell us what he uh, what he has in mind. But that is the uh, that is the plan. Now, if you are uh, a fan of creepy things, if you're a fan of good classic horror, the Kingdom of Nye Radio runs. Lights out immediately following the show. So at midnight, you can go to kingdomofnightradio.com and listen to classic episodes of Lights Out. And do you ever listen to any of those? I know you're not really a, a radio person, no. but if you ever like, you know, when you're when you have a long drive or something, or you know, when you've got some time and you, you need to kind of tune out for a little bit, those are just great. Like to go back and listen to some of those old old time radio shows. Uh, there's a great episode of Lights Out uh, called The Ghost Hunter. Oh, really? And it's about a haunted, uh, if I remember right, it's about a haunted mansion that's abandoned. and Or, or maybe it's not abandoned, but they end up bringing like a, a, an actual ghost hunter to mm-hmm. this place. And there's a radio host. Mm-hmm. So the radio host is going to be broadcasting live from there as this ghost hunter is wow. like conducting his business. And it's, uh, it's very interesting. It's a very good episode. And it's very reminiscent of what we do now, except it's from the 1940s. Wow. So... And going back even further, you know, we, we mentioned last week with uh, with Peter Haviland, we talked about Harry Price. Mm-hmm. That's something that Harry Price was doing in the 1920s and 30s. You know, he was actually broadcasting from haunted locations in the very early days of radio. And by the 1940s, he was doing regular broadcasts. Uh, the 30s or the 40s, I don't know when Borley Rectory burned down, but he was doing episodes of radio from Borley Rectory. So it's not anything new, like what we do with the the Bridgewater Triangle episodes, but it's certainly, it's new to us every year because every year we get through it by the seat of our pants. That's true. We, should we, do we need an intern for that one this year? Do we need to bring somebody in an extra pair of hands? I feel um, like we talk about this every year. We could, we, we always, um, accept volunteers. We can see I'm, I'm management now. I can make things happen. <laughs> there you go. I'm management now. I am. I'm management now. Tell Abby to get her butt in here. Abby is welcome anytime she wants to come in. The problem is now is she wakes up at, you know, four in the morning every day. Right. So now it's a little bit different. It's not like she's still up at 10 o'clock on a Saturday, but she is welcome anytime. Uh, And, you know, there's a lot of different mysteries that we cover in the Bridgewater Triangle. Like I said, it covers... Everything it covers all aspects of the paranormal, and you know what else does? What? Parabox Monthly. Does it? Yes, they have silks. You see, you haven't been here, so you don't no, know about Parabox like, Monthly. What are we talking about? 
So there are T-shirts mm-hmm. that uh, they're silkscreen T-shirts, soft style T-shirts mm-hmm. that have these designs on them, and these designs are actually a puzzle that you okay. have to solve. And uh, it can be codes, ciphers, riddles, numbers, images, or other hidden gems. So what you do is you try to figure out from the puzzle mm-hmm. like where to go next and they have different themes to them like ghosts and haunted locations uh ufos and aliens uh, folklore mm-hmm. and legends cryptozoology and urban legends so those are some of the themes so you order this power you know it's like one of those mm-hmm. boxes that you get delivered to you uh so subscription box. it is a subscription yep. you can get a month-to-month plan mm-hmm. you can get a three-month plan or a six-month plan no contracts cancel any time and if you use the code Spooky Live, you get 10% off. Oh. So it's worth trying. Uh, I talked to the folks at Parabox Monthly when they send out the July round of Parabox stuff. Mm-hmm. We should be getting one delivered here to the studio. Oh, that's cool. And, uh, and we can actually play along with everybody else and we can explore them. And I just, I want to, I've heard very good things about how nice and comfortable the shirts are. So that's what I'm most excited about. But Awesome. So powerboxmonthly.com, use the code SPOOKYLIVE, you will get 10% off, and you can let us know if you figure out the mystery. So you know you said the magic word, right? What? T-shirts. Well, we're working on that. Okay. We are. We'll, we'll get something going. and uh, We do have fancy new buttons. We do, and Matt and I have been talking about plans for that, too, so we'll get something rolling with that stuff coming up. And uh, also, by the way, we have not mentioned snacks yet. I did want to I, I did want to point this out to to you guys. Uh, you know, this isn't a plug. This isn't a promotion. Mm-hmm. This is just like letting you know. Have you heard of these chocolate peanut butter pop tarts? No, but I did see your post today about them. That, I um am not a fan of pop tarts. Really? So I do. I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> yeah. You don't like pop tarts at no, all? No, I'm a, I'm a toaster strudel man all the way. Oh, I I do prefer toaster strudels. I mean, those are just amazing. Mm. And uh, everybody but, knows but my peanut favorite. butter and chocolate. I might, I, I might turn. Uh, it's turn it's got nice creamy peanut butter inside, chocolate on the outside. You mm-hmm. you, you don't toast it as much as you do a normal Mm-mm. a normal pop tart, but uh, you still uh, you still can. It's really good. It's nope. delicious. Someone was nope. telling me that they have a uh, rice um, chocolate and peanut butter rice krispies. I haven't seen those. Or no, co- cocoa pebbles or something. You guys are gonna make me want chocolate now. Well, going back to toaster strudels and breakfast pastries, <laughs> my favorite of all time. You can't get them anymore. I know what you're going to say. You know what I want to say? What am I going to say? Uh, the square, right? The the, the Howard Johnson's <laughs> Toast R oh. Muffins. Right. Toaster Muffins. They were basically like, a, we, we had a call, but we lost it. It was probably somebody calling to talk about Hojo's were they Toaster square? Muffins. They, they were rectangular. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Joe's. And uh, they came in two varieties. They came in corn or blueberry. And you would just basically yeah. like toast them in the toaster. Actually, I would microwave them. Mm-hmm. And then you just would put some butter on them. And it was like having a rectangular kind of flat muffin. They were fantastic. And they came in the freezer. Howard Johnson's Toast Arm Muffins. Know. I don't know if that would do it for me, to be honest. Uh, did they serve those in Howard Johnson's? Um, I have no idea. Because I know, like, they had the Howard Johnson's mac and cheese that you could buy, which Ooh. was, like, the best mac and cheese. Really? Oh, yeah. I don't I don't trust you. You eat from gas stations. If you were going to buy a mac like and cheese, like, out of the freezer, uh-huh. like, you wanted the Hojo's. It was better than Stouffer's. It was, like, the mac and cheese to get. You know what mac and cheese... 
Boston Market. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, if I go to, like, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, mm-hmm. like, I don't get mashed potatoes anymore. I've never had KFC I get mac, and mac and cheese. cheese. Oh, Pan- mac Panera cheese bread. Like you know the, what I had? One of the, the f- few things I get at Panera really? Bread is macaroni and cheese. Really? It's amazing. I had today for the first time ever in my life. You guys ready for this? Popeye's chicken. Popeye's uh, chicken is the shiznit. But I oh. never knew. <laughs> it's so much better than it's KFC. Not, it's not is as it? good as it used to be, though. Really? Yeah. No, it, it definitely has Burger, changed. Burger King bought it. Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh, now it's knew. garbage. It's not garbage. It's still better than KFC. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But uh, I have to say it wasn't as greasy as KFC. We need some uh, Chick-fil-A. I've never been. You've never been to Chick-fil-A? No. But uh, if you if you go to Popeyes, I recommend getting the uh, boneless tenders. That's what I got. Those are phenomenal. I got those and the Cajun fries. Mm-hmm. Those that was really good. And the biscuit. Did yep. you get the biscuit? I yep. got the biscuit. Uh, pretty much, you can't go wrong at Popeyes. Like, I don't think I've ever had anything that I didn't like from mm-hmm. there. Uh, the dirty rice is delicious. Uh, what else have I had? The shrimp. Uh, the po' boy is fantastic. Where can you get a shrimp po' boy for less than $5? But I don't want to take Brightman for that because I feel like I'd be not giving him the full po' boy experience. Yeah, you can't do that. Now that we're not going to New Orleans, I'm going to have to make him one. You might have to. Like, I'm I'm, uh, pr- I'm pretty good at it. Let's take a field trip to Chick-fil-A. Yeah, I've never been. We're going to have to. The uh, And plus, if I was going to go that far, I would just go to Sonic anyway. I have been to a Chick-fil-A drive-thru more times than I can tell you, and I've never eaten it. I do have to I get the... I have had their milkshakes, though. They're delicious. I do have to get the uh, Sonic uh, pickle juice slush, because I do like pickle juice. That sounds disgusting. Yeah, well... I heard it wasn't bad. Have you ever drank you pickle like juice? Pickles. Well, yeah, but... Like, drank uh, it, like, had a glass of no, pickle juice? Oh, no, it's so good. No, Mm-mm. I I've, love pickles. Don't I've been drinking wrong. lately too. Uh, I've been drinking apple cider vinegar mm-hmm. and water. That's mm-hmm. that's uh, I like that's it. Really? Yeah. You. That's no. terrible. <laughs> right. You get the apple cider vinegar with the mother. Uh, what the, the floaty things in it? Stop it. Yeah. Ew. You drink those? There's no there's no real floaty things <laughs> I guess, in it. I guess it's it's it's, it's all no been, better than drinking kombucha. It's all been grind so, up. All those kombucha drinkers out there. I've never had that either. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just vinegar. Is that what it is? Or it's like it's fermented tea, but it's, there's, yeah, bac- it's... there's bacteria in it that like helps <laughs> helps you poop. So, uh, HNX Media in the chat room says that they do a shot of apple cider vinegar every day. Not straight, I hope. Because right. yeah, you'll tear apart your esophagus. Yeah, and we were talking about delicious teeth. things like mac and cheese, and then we just went downhill. Hey, you never know where the conversation's going to go. And you can take it wherever you want at 508-996-0500, 877-996-1420, if you want to chime in and get involved in the discussion. Um, so next, not next week, next week we'll be on the air, but the week after that we won't be on the air. Uh, but that's also the weekend of the Ocean State Paracon. Mm-hmm. And so my presentation that I'm working on for that, because I always try and do something unique and different for that right and try and go in a new place that people might not have thought about so uh i'm working on a presentation on ancient ghosts oh you know like kind of taking a play on ancient aliens Mm -hmm. so because ancient aliens has become so popular and people are all about 
what previous civilizations believed in when it comes to UFOs mm-hmm. and alien encounters, I'm looking at what they thought about ghosts and the way that they experienced ghost research and, and hunting for ghosts and trying to have paranormal encounters. And uh, and certainly there's some very fascinating stuff that um, I'm sure. I, I've, and I think we'll probably end up doing an episode on it at some point because... The question is, how many people are you going to offend in the meantime? No, there's no nothing really offensive to it. Oh, that's good. I mean, it's uh, you know, it's just looking at the different civilizations and, and how they viewed ghosts. Mm-hmm. But uh, what what I do like about it is that a lot of the same approaches that we use now are just modern. You know, I've talked before about how a lot of what we do now is just modernized version of spiritualism, mm-hmm. and still even a lot of it is modern day versions of what they did then. So. We could certainly have a, an episode where we kind of compared and contrast modern methods with these really ancient methods, and we'd see that there is kind of a lot of similarity. One of the things that fascinates me about it is that every culture, mm-hmm. and we've talked about this before, but every culture has a word for ghost. Every culture has, if not a belief in ghosts, they have at least a, a mythology about them. Mm-hmm. So does that go back to you know, mankind's ego and our inability to accept the fact that uh, there is an end of finality to what we are and that there's nothing more for us after that? Or is it that perhaps then we were more connected to what that was mm-hmm. and we had a better understanding then of what goes beyond this and that we've kind of diluted that? I think I do think that the age of reason kind of eliminated a lot of spirituality Mm -hmm. and even those who are still spiritual now don't feel it the same way that they would have you know prior to the age of enlightenment the age of reason and the age you know in the age of enlightenment Mm -hmm. but i think that those those periods kind of changed even the way that modern people have faith so it's really interesting to just go back and look at some of these previous civilizations and how they handled it it. History fascinates me anyways, and culture fascinates me as well. Especially, too, when, like, we say now that, uh, you know, it's a it's a, it's a believe or don't believe type of situation. Mm-hmm. Some people do, some people don't. Some people are willing to say, well, I, I don't know it to be true, but I'm willing to accept the possibility that it is. There's all these gray areas. And, and in these older times, it was like, nope, just like we believe in higher power, we also mm-hmm. believe that. There's ghosts too, like there wasn't a lot of that gray area. There wasn't a lot of that uh, discreditation for mm-hmm. the idea of ghosts. So, should be a good discussion, and uh, you can come and see it at the Ocean State Paracon. That's uh, the 14th and 15th of July. Yep. And what what do they charge to get into that now? It's, I don't it's know. It's not that much. It's, I think it's, it's under 20 or 20. And it all goes to a good cause. Right. So it's absolutely worth coming out and checking it out and. Uh, and you can come out and hang out with a great group of paranormal people. RiseUpParanormal.com has all the information. Uh, about. And now we'll see if we can get Ken to pop on for a few minutes next week. I know he's always busy running around, but mm-hmm. uh, see if we can get him to pop on. And, you know, he'll give us the rundown of everything that's going on. But uh, certainly, if you are a fan of ancient aliens, you will like talking about ancient ghosts with me, I think. Although my hair isn't nearly as... Crazy as Giorgio's, but we can make that happen. It's it's getting longer now. It's to the it point is. where I could probably do something like. If we that, just use a little bit of product, I think you'd you'd 
you'd be able to do it. It is. Uh, I mean, please recall my zombie hair. I can make it work. Yeah, this is this is as long as it's been since I know since I was in high school. Is this intentional or just you forget to get a haircut and you kept going? This was I hadn't gotten a haircut for a while, and I said I'm almost to the point where I'm going to buzz my head anyway. So yeah. it's just just save the fifteen bucks. And not, right. but I haven't buzzed it yet because I just haven't been ready to do that yet. No, no, I think it's just more of a time thing, you know. Like it's kind of a process. You have to like spend the time to buzz it, and then you got to clean it up. So if if I do it in the bathroom, then I have to like kind of c- create like this area to collect all the hair because yep. I have a small bathroom and I don't want to get hair everywhere. And then if I do it in the kitchen, you know, you got to sweep up afterwards. And I used to just do it out in the front yard. Like, right before I was about to mow the lawn. Yep. And I would just, like, buzz my head, and then I would mow the lawn, and the hair would just go everywhere and scatter around. So it worked out. But, uh, yeah, I just Keeps haven't done it. animals away, too. So I think what what I'll do is maybe I'll let it keep growing, see what happens. Interesting. I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking, like, Moniz level. No, 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 no. But, I uh, will shave your head myself. But we'll see what happens. It's kind of it's kind of fun to see how long it's gotten so far, like when it's actually like covering over. Like if I comb it down, it covers over my eyes, it covers over my ears, and I have not had my hair like this in forever, since I think my sophomore year of high school is when I cut my long hair, maybe even my freshman year. I don't remember, but I cut my long hair when it was down to my shoulders, and I said, "Enough's enough." It was never that long in the front, though. This is probably the longest it's ever been in the front, but. Yeah. I'm like combing it down for the cameras now. But meanwhile, it makes me look weird. I'm not used to it. I will tell you that. It doesn't look bad. It's just not something I'm I'm used to looking up and seeing. It's it definitely uh, it's not as uh, easy to manage as having the short hair when it gets in my face and... The other day I was like, why is all this hair on my computer? Where did all this hair come from? And I'm like, oh, it probably came from me. Plus, the other thing, too, yeah. is I'm, I'm pretty convinced now that when I do get rid of it all, mm-hmm. that it's, like, totally gray underneath. Really? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. It's 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 pretty it's pretty gray. Like, if you look at the if you look at the sides of it there, it's, it's like- It's not bad, though. It's pretty gray. So, it's going to be really gray underneath. Nah. You might be okay. But, hey. Could be worse. Right. I could I could have Moni's hair. That's very true. I can pick on him because he's not here. <laughs> he's not here. <laughs> Mark in the chat room. Tim, please let her do your hair. I know. I'm telling you. No, that's just weird. Why? My aunt used to do my hair when I was little. She'd be like, I want to I wanna do your hair, like when it was long. Yeah. And she'd be like, so she would like braid the back of it. I'm not going to braid your hair. She would I like, could braid your hair, but She I would won't. braid the back of it and then she would feather the front of it and I looked like an Indian. Like, but I had super blonde hair back then, so it looked really weird. <laughs> okay. But uh, anyway, again, 508-996-0500. We are, we are certainly running out of gas here <laughs> right. when we're talking about my hair. We're yep. running out of talk, topics to talk about. Uh, but um, well, there was one other thing that I wanted to bring up. Uh, what was it? Oh, so there was a discussion that I had this week, and, and Stephanie is probably excused from this discussion because she does not partake. But okay. uh, I was involved in this discussion this week about what are some of the halfway decent horror movies that have come out in recent years. 
Oh, I'm not going to know that. And what are some ones that were actually, you know, not that bad? And I've I've actually seen a few movies lately that I thought weren't terrible. Um, I don't know how much of them were pure horror either. But uh, Matt, did you see did you see the movie The Cure for Wellness? No, I, I, I haven't seen a any, any like say. new uh, horror movie in a long, movies in a long time. So I, I guess it's not a horror movie per se. It's more of a thriller. Uh, but I, I watched it, and it, it had some mediocre reviews. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it. I thought the ending was weird. And, and mm. like most movies, especially horror movies, the setup is good. The ending doesn't deliver. But I, um, I enjoyed it. But then I also watched... Uh, and it's a very controversial movie. Like some people loved it, some people really hated it. But Mother, I saw actually, a lot of Mother had a lot exclamation to say about point. That. No, no, it's not. So it's not, it's not a horror movie per se. Like I think that's what a lot of people have said. You could watch it, Stephanie, and you mm. wouldn't feel bad. It, it'd be like, um, you know, like some people have called Get Out a horror movie, but it's not a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that movie. Nope. But you can you could watch that. It's not it's not a horror movie. I and prefer was, comedies or romantic comedies because there's nothing scary. Well, it's 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 a it's a. It's, I like psychological thrillers. Yeah, though. that's that's like, what that's that what these movies are. Um, and certainly, like uh, you know, Get Out was like that. Yep. Um, but also, Get Out has some funny parts too. Um, um, but Mother was very much like that. Now, you know, I don't want to um, I don't want to ruin it for anybody that hasn't seen it. But it's with that one. You know, it didn't have that disappointing ending like most movies mm-hmm. have for me, but it definitely had an ending where I was like, oh, this is trying to be, like, bigger than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it wasn't terrible either. So there's, you know, there's still some hope. I was going through the uh, streaming services the other night, though, and I was trying to see what I could watch because I was looking for a horror movie. I ended up watching The Crow, which I hadn't seen in years. Oh, really? Does, did it hold up? You know, it's it's still very 90s, but mm-hmm. it still does. Here's one thing I didn't realize about The Crow when I was so into it when I was a teenager. Like, I thought it was one of the best movies ever when I was right. a teenager, but I didn't realize that everything happens really fast in that movie. Does it? It's like they took a movie that should have been like two hours and 20 minutes and crammed it into 90 minutes. Hmm. So, like... Is it that, or are we just used to like these three-hour epics? No, but I just think like all of a sudden, like he's he becomes the crow very fast, and like he he realizes that he's getting revenge on everybody like very mm-hmm. fast. Like I don't know, it just seemed to it seemed to be like a very compressed film. But uh, in going through these streaming services and seeing some of the different stuff that they have been offering, like they they're really going to the same well again and again and again. Like, I didn't realize that there's a third Ouija movie already. Is wow. there really? And it looks like it went straight to video, and they, they it made another really uh, good. They made another uh, Charmers movie. But they've been making tons of those. I know, but this one just came out, like, I think last year. I didn't realize that there was they're, they're four in, like, crow movies. I think Antarctica. I think that's <laughs> really? One. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not in the desert this time. Well, I mean... If there's Tremors in Antarctica, it's your own fault for being yeah, there. I don't know... Uh, you will probably know the the guy's name, uh, the guy from Family Ties. Oh, uh, Michael Gross. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's done every single one. Really, he's yeah. still in them. Yeah, uh, but there. So there was a third Ouija movie about the Charlie Charlie challenge. So I'm like, that's scraping the bottom of the barrel for right, like the, just paranormal stories to begin with. The first one didn't do that well. No, and they made a second one. 
And what I saw of the second one seems slightly better than the first one. But uh, there's also, there's probably no less than a half a dozen different movies that have different titles, but all seem to involve Slenderman. Oh, really? Like they've had some version of Slenderman as the... Yeah, isn't there the a Slenderman image. movie coming out soon? They're supposed to be. Um, or is it a show? No, I think there's a movie. But there's been multiple movies already. But none of them use the word, the name Slenderman. And I don't know if that's because it's been copyrighted. I don't know if that's the case, but uh, it's not good. There's a new, uh, there's a new Amityville movie that's out there mm-hmm. uh, with another one coming. Although the other one, the the, the one that's coming out, looks like it's actually going to be pretty decent, and it actually is about the DeFeo family. So it's going to get into all that stuff about the DeFeos prior to the Lutzes moving in. You know, the the DeFeos were the family that were murdered. Uh, And what's interesting about it is they have some connections in that movie to the cast of Amityville 2, which was the fake version, the, 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 um, what I'm looking for, the fictionalized version of the DeFeo story. So when the first Amityville Horror was such a big success, they made the sequel, but the sequel was about the DeFeos. They just gave them a different name. And so in that movie, Burt Young from Rocky, you know, Polly, Yeah. He was the father. And uh, I'm blanking on her name now. It's Diane. Uh, uh, why am I blanking on her name? She was in Better Off Dead and... Uh, She's been in some others. Diane Franklin. She was the daughter in that movie. So now in this new Amityville movie, that's the true story, supposedly the true story of the DeFeo family. Burt Young is in it, but he plays, I think, a priest. And Diane Franklin actually plays the mom, Louise DeFeo. Mm-hmm. So there's some direct connections there to the original Amityville, which I thought was kind of cool. So, so you think there's there's hope that it's actually like a more accurate it telling looks, of the, the, the tale? From what I can understand, it looks like it's a bigger movie than just these you know straight-to-video sequels. Right. So that makes me hopeful, too. Uh, but I don't know how much of the real story they're able to tell or how much of it they will tell. But it should be it should be better, I would think. As long as they don't um, try to name sell. A lot of those like straight-to-video, straight um, um, like retelling of the stories and sequels and stuff like that they'll they'll just slap a name on it just because they know amityville is a big name that mm-hmm. people recognize so it's like they just take a leftover script from something else change a couple of names switch a couple scenes around and then put it out on video which i mean i i, I accuse that of being the case with the conjuring especially the first conjuring where it seemed like it was more let's take an existing horror movie that's already out there and we also bought the rights to this story and let's see how we can kind of merge the two and uh, we've we've seen that happen with quite a few different, you know, especially based on a true story movies, where, I mean, the original uh, haunt, well, the Haunting in Connecticut movie, mm-hmm. they said that that's what happened is they basically took an existing script, they bought the rights to the story, and they said, well, you know, it doesn't really matter, like let's just slap this onto that, and the thing mm-hmm. is, like, they don't care because. 
I mean, who, who most people don't think the stuff is real anyway. I was gonna say, who regulates that uh, based on a true story? There is no regulation to it so at you all. You can just put whatever. Yes, there's no regulation. There's no requirement. There's no percentage of truth that it has to be. You can just use it on any movie, which is why most horror movies use it because there's no way to prove it. Right. I guess that makes sense. I mean, it's going to put a, put more uh, people in the seats. It's like when you uh, you know when you look at Law and Order episodes, they always say ripped from the headlines. Mm-hmm. Well, it might be ripped from the headlines, but it's not the actual story. Some of them are pretty close, right? But they still have the ability to take poetic license because they're not saying right. like this is this is an exact mm-hmm. recreation of that. And even if you watch some of these shows that are out there that are coming out now, like the the show about OJ. Uh, I know they did one on the uh, Menendez brothers. If you watch mm-hmm. those shows, they even say, you know, that it's not completely 100% accurate. Right. Like, I don't know if you saw the OJ series. No, I didn't. But it was very well done. But in but in that, in that the gloves actually fit. Oh, really? No. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> I just okay. knew I could bait you in with that a little bit. Thanks. You're um, so kind. But there's, you know, there are a lot of those uh, type of shows coming out now. And by the way, uh, another, throwing out another plug for another show, Yellowstone, mm-hmm. really good. It's a, it's kind of a cowboy show, mm-hmm. but uh, it's, it's really good. I watched the, the first two episodes today. I don't know how I feel about cowboys. It's, it's Kevin Costner as the owner of this ranch, the biggest the largest contigu- contiguous contiguous ranch, <laughs> the largest ranch in America, uh-huh. and uh, and everybody kind of wants his land. And there's a town that wants a piece of it, and a developer that wants a piece of it. And uh, he's at war with the reservation, the Native American reservation mm-hmm. that that's near it. And uh, very very good show, very interesting show. So hmm. that's it. Should, that's all I have. They should make uh, the Postman like a TV series. I like that The Postman. Good. I don't I know why say, people like, didn't like it. I like a lot of uh, Kevin Costner's movies. Me too. I liked Waterworld. Yeah. yeah. I never saw uh, Robin Hood, though. The His Robin Hood was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it was I know it was everybody fun. loves the soundtrack to that movie. Well, I've never heard of it. Of course, because you had the Brian Adams song. That's the only song I remember off the soundtrack, I though. I don't know what that You don't know everything I do, I do it for you? Oh, that was from... <laughs> yeah, that was really? from Robin yeah. Hood, yeah. And uh, fun. then they then that led to the creation of the uh, they decided to make that Three Musketeers movie. Do you remember that one with was like that, uh, was Mar- that Kevin Costner? Uh, no. no, but it was like Charlie Sheen and uh, I think Kiefer Sutherland, Oliver Platt, and uh, oh, who was the other Musketeer? Was that DiCaprio? Nope. Hmm. But then. Uh, they they had a song come out for that one, and it was uh, Brian Adams, Rod Stewart, and Sting. Oh yeah, all singing it, and so they formed a group, Adam Stewart and Sting, or <laughs> for short, they called it Ass. It's <laughs> a nice name. Somebody's uh, somebody's already jumping into heard, it. Um, uh, somebody was telling me that Evil Genius is really good on Netflix. Oh, and I haven't seen that yet either. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff on Netflix that I don't like weird, I don't watch. It's a weird like based on a true story thing. There's like somebody gets a bomb strapped to their a pizza delivery a pizza delivery guy gets a bomb strapped to their uh neck. It was a true story in the eighties. 
Hmm. Weird. Never heard that. Damn but, 80s, all that stuff happened. Yeah. Then again, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happened in the 80s that... Sometimes truth is uh, stranger than fiction. My favorite 80s story is the, the when people would take over, when people would pirate the cable channels. Oh, yeah. Like the guy that was Max Hedron. Mm-hmm. You know, those are, those are good things. I'd like to do that. I wish we could still do that today. I wish we could like pirate a radio station, uh, pirate a TV station, take it over. You really can't do that anymore though, because they're not over the no, air. No. But yeah, they, like you, you could hack them now. Those hackers. Well, those Russian know. hackers do it. Anonymous. You know that the 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 way they used to do it back then though, was like because somebody had to man the network, like somebody had to man HBO. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, you had to, like, watch HBO overnight, like, to make sure that the signal was going out correctly. Mm -hmm. So. So there was always a guy there. Yeah. And so, like, you could, you know, you could get away with kind of catching him sleeping on the job type of stuff. <laughs> now it's all direct. It's, what was that, uh, what was that series that I found on YouTube that I was telling you about? But there was the one that explained the whole thing about, like, how cable used to be delivered to your home and how it's delivered now. That kind of stuff fascinates me. Mm. Yes, Captain Midnight, exactly. So, uh, so I, I don't, I don't know how much more we have here tonight. <laughs> and because we're YouTube it's, only, we can end it now. I because, feel like it's because we didn't take that break for the news. We right. didn't. Now we're just running, running on empty. I feel like I haven't been here in months, and I come back to the strangest version of Spooky South Coast well, that I've ever experienced. nobody's calling in either. I wish that right. we had some of these callers that we've been having over the last couple of months. Apparently, I scared them away. Well, I think some of them got scared because they thought I got political a couple of weeks ago. Oh, but dear. I didn't. You can't set up for a joke right. about anything political anymore because people take it so seriously. I feel like... You two have been left to your own devices for so long that this is what Spooky South Coast has turned into. No, we've had some pretty great episodes. Okay. You should have listened to them while you weren't here so that you could stay I up couldn't because I was working. That's, there's all the time. whole Come periods on. of time where you're not well, working. Yeah. No. Every time I've been gone, there's it's because least, I've had to do a ghost hunt on a Saturday there's night. There's at least seven or eight hours a night where you're just sleeping. It's ridiculous. Right. I know. Well, it's awful. What whose joke was that? I can't remember whose joke that was. It's a good joke, though. Yeah, like there's like seven or eight hours a night where I'm just sleeping. It's ridiculous. Anyway, all right. Well, that does it for this week's show because we are <laughs> we are running out, We're running out of juice. And uh, so, stay tuned uh, if, if you are if you are watching on YouTube. Switch over to KingdomOfNightRadio.com to check out Lights Out. Uh, but uh, for all the rest of you, if you want to get in touch with us at any time during the course of the week, you can do so by emailing us SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com. You can also follow us at SpookySC on Twitter. You can like us on Instagram at spooky underscore South Coast. Uh, of course, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That helps out, and that lets you know every time that we go live as well. And you can watch all of our past episodes there. Plus, Matt puts up spooky clips and all kinds of other little weird videos. You never know what's going to pop up up on our YouTube channel, so it's worth subscribing to. Uh, of course, anywhere that you get podcasts, you can always find the show as well. Even if they are a couple weeks behind, we're working on fixing that. And uh, I'm just trying to think of what else. Well, of course, you can tune in to us on the Dark Matter Digital Network as well every Tuesday at 7.30 Eastern. And that does it for this week's show. Until next time, for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, I'm Tim. We want you all to stay spooktacular.